I'm Annette Richmond. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Trend Talk Show, where industry experts join me to discuss new and emerging trends in their fields. Well, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, um, wherever you're joining us from. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us this evening for an evening show. This is the Trend Talk Show. I'm Annette Richmond, and I'm so excited to have these three just professional image rock stars with me tonight. I'm so grateful that you all said yes when I invited you to come on the show. So um, let's jump right in and let's start um, by going around. If you can please, for anyone who doesn't know you, uh, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, who you are and what you do. So um, let's start with Renee and then we'll go sort of clockwise around. Okay, sure. Thanks for having me. So great to be here. I always love talking about style and how we can use that as a tool. I'm Renee Lindo. I'm a personal stylist, and I guide women on their style journeys from confused to confident. And we do this by really creating polished wardrobes that align with their personal brand so they can show up for more. And so I really work one-on-one with clients or um, with with companies to help women and men to to really show up as their best selves. So that's me in a nutshell. Thank you. Joseph? Me next. Yeah. Um, I'm Joseph Rosenfeld. I am an executive presence strategist. Uh, I'm a strategic advisor to top lawyers and leaders who need to wield quality presence. I work one on one with private individuals, and I also work with corporate litigation managers who have a team of people that will appear at trial that could include. Uh, those who sit at council table, as well as uh, expert witnesses. And I help to prepare each of them so that they tell their stories with greater ease and effectiveness at trial. Cool. And I'm Scarlett DeBeast. My company is Scarlett Image. I'm Scarlett Image on all social. And what I do is I help women entrepreneurs or women in corporate, typically over 50, Stop guessing what clothes are going to look good on them and actually know so that the bottom line is that they're going to end up making more money and attracting better clients and stop getting all frustrated and stressed out when they open up their closet and can't figure out what to put on. <laughs> oh, I, I know. Uh, so so you all are talking about me, except for you, Joseph, because I'm not a, I, I'm not involved in, in uh, legal goings on, but you all are talking right to me. And so I'm excited to be that I'll be picking up some tips from you as well. So um, we were talking a little bit before we uh, got started about this whole idea of the hybrid uh, wardrobe, which is something that I just learned about recently as I was sort of prepping for this, um, this talk tonight. And I found something where uh, it was someone, Maria Rugolo, a director and industry analyst of fashion apparel for NPD Group, which is a, a global market um, information company uh, that, you know, advises on the retail landscape. And, um, you know, they're talking about having 
instead of having the one wardrobe, I know I had my work when I worked in corporate, the things I wore to the office and then my things at home and that people are now because they have this whole hybrid situation working remotely are um, just having kind of this one wardrobe that all blends together. And one of the things that she mentioned was she was saying money's tight, you know, things are not you know, I hate when people say the new normal. This is our current normal. Let's just, I like to think of it that way. And people want to be able to use things for a lot of different, um, different areas. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to hear your, you know, your take on that. Um, Renee, why don't you kick us off? Sure. And, you know, it's interesting because I posted about this exact thing today. Because I've had more and more clients who said, you know, I, I work from home or I'm hybrid and I go into office sometimes. So they really want, as you said, a wardrobe that works most places. And so I'm seeing that a, that's very common. And, um, you know, so we, we retailers have done a really great job of, of giving us pieces that can are comfortable and you can still be polished. And... Um, you know, you can wear stuff that as long as you're looking for the right fabrications that are comfortable, fabrications, stuff, pieces that are comfortable that you can run the weekends and then also change up a few other elements and you're great for business casual or even some, some offices are really casual and, and you're fine. So you really get more use and more versatility and your money goes much further when you try to create an, a, a wardrobe like that now. So, so this seems to be kind of like a step up from, I remember when I worked in an office and it was, you would wear something, if you were going out after work, you would wear something that you could sort of switch up. And now it's just, you wear that all kind of to the office. So you're nodding, Scarlett. What do, what do you say about that? Well, because, you know, this was actually beginning to happen before the pandemic started. You know, consignment uh, shops stopped taking in suits. This was before the pandemic. They weren't mm-hmm. selling. So there was already a, a kind of a, unless you were in accounting or legal, people already were doing more of a dressy casual for work because it was just looking at a place, this whole suit thing. So I've always believed in being able to use your wardrobe from work into your personal world. And ever since stretch was invented in fabrications and now it's out there for men too, it's like, there is no way we're going to go back to like satin pants and have to worry about, God forbid, a seam popping open. So I, I think this is something that was already happening and it's just now been, I don't know, emphasized more, you know, now that everybody is working more from home or it's just different. Yeah, yeah, they used to put on a pair of high-heeled shoes and pearls and go out for dinner with a business suit. Nah, you're right. You can wear the same thing now. Maybe just touch up your makeup and add a different kind of necklace or earrings. It's much easier now to have a wardrobe that works for you. You know, Joseph, I'm curious to hear your take on this because, you know, the idea of business, formal, business, casual, for men, I, I think it was always much more defined than for women. You know, men, it was maybe the suit. If you were going for something, it had to be business formal. For women, it was a lot more sketchy. Maybe it was a suit. Maybe it was a sheath with a jacket, et cetera. So what, how does this um, whole hybrid wardrobe work, work for men? And, and do you agree with me? Are things shifted? So, you know, with men, uh, their wardrobe is much more flexible now? That depends on the, the man's profession, Okay. And I also think that that depends on the woman's profession yeah. as well. Um, mm-hmm. I work with uh, people of all gender identities, including fluidity. So mm-hmm. uh, the the way that people are really looking for things 
um, to wear today has to work for the intersection of their home style, their work style, and where they work when they are working out of the house. Absolutely. So, yep. you know, I think it, it must be said that while all of the statistics are, are, have a lot of validity, um, we should also be paying attention to the fact that companies like Chanel have had record-breaking sales. And not everybody is buying Chanel to wear to the beach. There are <laughs> no, Chanel, you know, um, you know, who have the money for Chanel, obviously, are are spending money to look great in corporate boardrooms and so on and so forth. So the 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 entire story is not really valid if we're going to talk about the stretch and comfort factors, which are valid, but there's also the other part of the story, which is there is still a deep love and admiration and appreciation for good tailoring. And mm-hmm. that does not have to mean that it's, that it is found in a suit per se. It can right. still be in a dress. It can still be in a, in a jacket. It can still be in accessories. It can still be in a really well-made pair of shoes but it may not be the highest heel. They're, they're, we're changing. Things are still right. advancing and modernizing and streamlining. And we're seeing that all the way across the board. And in the end, while the high end is taking uh, the lead in design, all of that trickles down into fast fashion. Uh, and you see copycats of the same kinds of concepts um, at more affordable prices that you can walk into an H&M or a Zara and be like, whoa. Um, and that's, it's, you're seeing it's available everywhere. So, yes. So and I, I think that's, so, sorry, I think that's no, a no, really no. good point that it's, it really does depend on industry because you can have, it depends on the, and the company culture, the industry culture and kind of what is acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, you have the usual traditional formal, uh, so lawyer, lawyer, government, accounting, that type of thing, who still, they still want to show up in their suits. But then I have some, depending on the type of law they practice. I just had a client this week. She's not um, client facing. It's not corporate law. She works with the public. And so she doesn't, she doesn't want to wear a suit, right? She wants to be more approachable, more, you know, nice blouses. So it really depends. So there are lots of factors that we need to really think about. It's not just, okay, we're going everyone's going to be comfortable and that's another big point is that comfort doesn't mean sloppy right comfort doesn't mean that everybody's wearing stretch pants uh, or workout pants or lulu pants that's not that's that doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily what comfort is you can be comfortable and polished and be fine and and look and feel great right so i I think there's the the conversation really is a whole lot wider and deeper and there's so many other so many variables really are are at play you know, to, to that point, I always tell tell my clients, I said, you you can look, you can be comfortable, but you should never look comfortable. No one should ever tell you, you look comfortable today. Oh, okay. Is that is that kind of like when somebody says you look tired? It's sort of a code for you don't look so good today, right? So, exactly. yeah. so don't ever want to hear that. Yeah, I know. That's not, right? that's not a so, compliment. No, I know. So you know, I just want to throw this out there because um, you had mentioned Joseph the idea of having sort of the the same style at different sort of price points and at different different stores, different retailers. So I'm curious, 
Is there a, a mix and match? I mean, is it, you know, okay to wear high end with, uh, you know, lower price points? I remember, I don't know, it's probably 10 years ago when, oh, you know, buying things from Target or they were saying Target at the time was cool and you'd wear that with something that was very expensive. Do people do that anymore? Or is that kind of just passe? I still see it. Okay. I do think that there is a high end client who, loves to go into uh, a store at where they can buy Missoni and then they can go to Target like back in the day when, when Missoni had, uh, you know, a co-op plan with Target and people were buying high and low. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when Isaac Mizrahi did both and mm-hmm. go into Bergdorf Goodman and find a $20,000 mm-hmm. pair of crocodile pants and you could go into Target and a $20 t-shirt. Now, I think those are extreme examples. However, I do think that the, the folks who can afford to spend on the high end are really dabbling and playing around, having their kind of fun um, doing the high-low. Um, most people are, who are doing the high-low uh, I think are are doing the best that they can with their budgets to invest in the better piece mm-hmm. and splurge in something that is of longstanding um, importance for the wardrobe and the way that they wish to be seen today as well as into the future. And then the trendier piece that might be more uh, of the moment mm-hmm. of the season of Du jour, um, I think that people are are probably thinking that they they will save instead of splurge on those types of pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean personally, though, I'm not a big fan of the you know fast fast fashion as you called it or disposable fashion. Yeah, it really it it gets crummy looking really fast. Like if you have to wash it, good luck. So, and then it becomes garbage. So I'm not a huge fan of that because I do think it's very wasteful. And if you add up the dollars you spend on that, as opposed to investing in a better quality, it doesn't have to be Chanel, but there's a whole world way that. I do have a personal problem with the fast, fast fashion because I see what it looks like in, in my client's closets and my daughter, when she used to buy that stuff, it ain't pretty. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I I think um, something that you mentioned, um, Joseph, about people going into a store is kind of a good segue to the next thing that I wanted to um, talk to you all about, uh, the idea of shopping online versus buying it in person. And um, some of the things that I was reading said that that people really want both. And I did look at some um, statistics um, from a, a white paper, Reimagining Retail Commerce in a New Normal World by um, Commerce Tools, which is a cloud commerce platform. And they did a white paper and they had a lot of different statistics in there. And one of them I thought was really interesting. Um, well, two, actually. The one was that 50%, 56% of shoppers like to visit a store before making a purchase online. But what even more, I think, speaks to what you were saying is the stat that, and this was, um, they, they got this from Deloitte, 87% of luxury consumers still need to touch and feel their products. Now, 
I know, um, I know Renee and, and Scarlett both, you know, do shopping with, you know, some of their clients. I'm assuming Joseph that you may do that too. So, so what are your all thoughts about this whole retail versus online? Because, you know, online is kind of easy, especially when you buy it. If you don't like it, you just send it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, you know, for, for me, for my clients, I do almost everything for them online because the, the merchandise in the stores, it's not necessarily catered to, to my clients, to women mm-hmm. who are over 40, let's say over 50, mm-hmm. and who are not looking to walk around with holes in their pants. <laughs> some choices that one shouldn't have a cutout in, um, who are not looking to be so trendy, but want to look more classic and more, you know, not frumpy, but not looking, trying to look like they're 17 again, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think there's much more, I don't think, I know there's much more in the online world for women like that. In store, it's harder because they don't necessarily have all the sizes. They sizes. Don't nice. They don't, yeah. yeah. They don't have all the colors. I mean, it's it, that's why, I mean, my clients hate to shop and I don't blame them because the stores are not making it particularly easy for you. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. it's worth the heat or plus size. Yeah. Yeah. So Renee, you're, you're breaking out in, uh, in comments there. What, what, what's your thought? Well, yes, I agree. You know, I, I like to shop online for clients because I just get a wide, there's just so much more, so much more, so many more options online. If it's a petite woman, if it is a plus size woman, if a, a curvy, um, if you're not the straight sizing online, really, you have so many more options. And even in store, you know, they may say that they, it's, ex, um, inclusive sizing. They don't really have everything, right? And, mm-hmm. and I guess they can't just in terms of spacing and keeping it in store. So I, there are many more options when you shop online. Uh, but I have clients who really do not want to shop online. So I'll suggest because I, I serve a lot of my clients virtually and, and in person as well. Um, but many, many say, you know, I want, they want to do face-to-face. They want to feel it. They want to touch. And they complain about not having good experience when they shop online because of sizing. But when I shop, you know, certain things I look for and the conversations that we have, I have a much higher success rate than an average person would. So we have, you know, a better better outcomes. But I think that's a lot of the, the, the pushback is that they feel like it looks one way online and when they get it, it doesn't fit. It doesn't, doesn't look good. So they don't like shopping online. But I think a lot of people still like to feel and feel and touch. So before I ask Joseph for his take on the men's side, one thing about women's clothing that I, I think is not the same for men is the sizing. I mean, you can be one size in one brand and, a, you know, a totally Absolutely. different side. So no, how do, you, how do, you, how do yeah. women navigate that? That's tough. Every store has different sizing, right? Different sizing, you're a four. And even if you take a, a company like um, Banana Republic and the Gap, where they have Gap, Banana Republic, Old Navy, you're a different size in all three stores and it's the same company. So you just have to, you, you kind of, you have to get familiar with the sizing of the store, which is how we as, as stylists really are able to help clients kind of hold, what are their cuts? What silhouettes? Are they more generous? Are these a slim cut? Um, look at the And sometimes the size charts really aren't great either that the, that the yeah. retailers have on their site. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of you know, trial and error just from experience mm-hmm. and knowing your client's body shape, knowing the retailer, because that's important as well. How does this retailer cut? What are the silhouettes? Who is their ideal? Who is the retailer's ideal client, right? If it's an Abercrombie style, you, those things are usually going to be cut slimmer or, you know, just a, a, a smaller fit compared to maybe anthropology, 
where they're more generous and, and, and they're catering to a woman who is old, 35, up, 40, up. I mean, that, that's why people hire us, because eventually right. they get just so tired of, of not being able to find to the find anything. Yeah. We know what brands work for different work. people. And that, that's that's our advantage. And we don't get emotionally involved. Right, yeah, right. Women can get very emotionally involved. <laughs> oh, oh, I know, I know, and I, I know, I, I, I mentioned this to you when I was talking to you um, recently, Scarlett. The idea that you know women can get hung up on the size, but you know when I'm wearing my my jeans or my top or whatever, nobody else knows the size but me exactly. because it's on the inside. Exactly. But, but Joseph, so I'm, I'm curious because I know you work with you know all different genders. Um, but you, I, it feels like you work with um, a lot of clients who are wearing a more traditional wardrobe. But can you can you talk a little bit about the whole, um, you know, your clients in general, but also men? Because and men's sizing seems to be pretty standard. Well, I work with a lot of people in high tech also. Most okay. of the private one-on-one clients are executive leaders in Silicon Valley. So okay. Traveling back and forth to work with uh, them, or they may come to New York to to visit with me here. Okay. What I can tell you is um, the same thing that uh, women tend to experience around sizing variants also exist in men's collections. You can look at something from Armani, and uh, two shirts have different fits, or Tom Ford has multiple different fits. Um, you know, I, it's like every brand is like this. Um, And so uh, there is far less difference between the way women have to look for clothing and the way men do, or the way non-binary people do. Um, Mm -hmm. The the difference is, is that maybe for uh, the people who are approaching and embracing more of a gender fluid style is that things are things are created to have more air in them. Um, And so women are going to love that because that's the, you know, that's the soft and easy and flowy kind of. And uh, that's super in right now. Um, And there are, there are also men who, if they like that kind of style, um, probably also like it for exactly the same reason. It's just airy. Um, That said, I think, when it comes to whether it's tailored items like like a jacket that I'm wearing that's a Xenia jacket today, mm-hmm. um, and versus other you know other products of Xenia, depending on the way that it's cut, um, you could be one size in one type of a jacket. You could be in the same brand looking at another size. A, a lot of it has to do with the shoulders, and mm-hmm. when it comes to to classically tailored clothing items. Um, the the fit in the shoulder and the chest, if it's got a higher armhole and it's tighter, um, you may have to size up because it may also be tighter across the chest. There are all these different nuances. And the same thing that is true that I'm describing um, that can be true for uh, men's tailored clothing items can also be true for women's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could be looking at Acris or Acris Punto, um, two beautiful uh, collections mm-hmm. uh, that are popular among the finance crowd for women, let's say, and, and people in the legal field. And, you know, one type of style may have a lot of stiffness and structure to it. And you get that with the fabric and you get that with the construction. And 
if you want to have it fit and move and swing on you a certain way, um, you're going to size up. If you need to look more strict um, and you can fit into the true size um, and that works, then then the lady is going to do that. So I find all of that really fascinating. And some of that also has to do with dressing to your not only to your body shape and your body type and your physical size, but it also has a lot to do with your personality. You know, you hit hit it on the head there. I think a lot of it has to do with your personality and how you want to show up and how, and what you're comfortable wearing. So regardless of what the trends are, regardless of what Joel is wearing or the designers put in front of you, really how you carry off a look has so much to do with your personality and how you're going to, how comfortable you're going to feel wearing this particular style. Because that really comes down to comfort as well, right? You can put on the most expensive suit and jacket, but if you if it's just not your vibe, it's just not going to look right on you, right? And you're not going to be comfortable. So I, I love that you say that. And I, I must say that it makes me feel a little bit better to know that men are struggling too. Because I know as a woman that, you know, I, you always struggle with what you're going to wear. And I think it's interesting what you were saying about personality. I'm a size up person, you know, so I like to be comfortable. I have my stylist cut my hair so it air dries and I, you know, that's me. I don't like to have to fuss. Um, and so I, I understand that whole idea of the personality. And Scarlett, you were about to say something. Yeah, I was going to say that it's, 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 um, men and women have a different approach to the sizing. Yes, like, you know, like you were saying, different labels for men, like theory is, you know, different than, you know, whatever the other, you know, um, Xenia. But the thing is that a woman is not as willing to try on different sizes as a man is. And that's where the trouble starts. So a lot of women get so hung up on wanting to be a certain size, they're not willing to experiment with sizes. Yeah, they're really committed to that size eight. (laughs) they're really committed committed yeah it's like it's it's serious and a man is is more open to okay if if the armhole is not right or the you know waistline needs to be up a size they're like okay fine but for women it's a very different different head game and that is why a lot of women suffer with not having anything to wear because they're so stuck on not wanting to go up a size so joseph you're bursting with i'm sorry go ahead finish scarlet i'm sorry Once, once a woman can see how she looks in the size that fits her, she gets over it. But you have to get her to that to that part. <laughs> so, Joseph, you look like you're bursting with thoughts there. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, people are people, and and people have their hangups about different things. So, like, I had a a, a client once years ago. Um, I looked at her and I thought, I know what size she is, but she insisted that she was a size six. I went out and got her an incredible wardrobe capsule. I don't take my client shopping. I do all of that for them so that they can focus on what they need to do. She showed up at my studio and we, you know, I presented everything to her and she was falling on the floor in love with every look. She went to go and try a couple things on and she said, I can't wear it. I said, oh, I know. I got you the size that you said that you wanted to wear. Now imagine when I come, now imagine when you come back and see me next week and everything is not a size six that you said that you wanted to wear, but it's a 12. It's going to look exactly as gorgeous as this. And it's all going to fit and you're going to buy every single piece. And lo and behold, 
She did. And she spent $15,000 on all the gorgeous clothing and everything mixed and matched and worked wonders. And the fantasy that she had that everything would be so magical in size six remained entirely true when we got to the right size. I've also had experiences with my uh, female clients where I know that size is an issue for them. That's what a seam ripper is for. I You take the sizing out. Joseph. I take it out. Yes. I take yes. it out. I say, yes. what size is it? It's your know. size. Yes. Um, <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like a game, but, um, but you know what? It is a game because that is, I'm playing the game along with the client when that happens because she has got the head game going on already. I have to get game with her and out game her. That is one of my great strategies. And um, I, I, I love doing that because it gets them to reestablish, you know, neurons in the brain that are like, Oh, I'm okay. Actually this, you know, it gets them to really focus on the thing that's actually important. And it's not the size number. It's the fit. It's the fit. Absolutely. That is, that is, you hit it right there. You know, we are hung up on this size. I mean, the certain size. And then you can see some people, right? They, they're on, in a size and it doesn't fit and it's bulging and pulling and just does pleats are opening up when they should be laying flat. All of those things. And you're like, you know, if you just went up a size, it makes, it would be, it would be a much better fit. Right. And but once, once they see themselves in the size up and they can see how much better they look, they actually look thinner. Then they did. Yes. 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 So, this, this is where I just want to say that this is where people end up feeling horrible about their bodies because they are so beholden to a size yeah. instead of to the actual right, you know, silhouette, yeah. proportion, right. and everything that's more honoring. They, you know, when we want to play these games in our own heads, we so dishonor ourselves and we stand in front of a mirror you know, and, and create dysmorphic um, sentiments mm-hmm. about ourselves that are really unhealthy and yeah. they're not true. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not true. So, so, so where you close inside out, nobody has to know the size anyway. Right. That, that's so yeah, true. And I, and I want to say we're getting tons of applause from the audience. And here's my friend, Sarah, who is laughing because you're hitting the nail on the head And as uh, Charmaine also saying, good point, don't get caught up on size, focus on the fit. And the people are just, you know, clapping away for you all. So you are really hitting the note and hitting the nail on the head and resonating is really resonating with people. So um, I appreciate I appreciate that. And, you know, I I have been guilty of that myself. But I will say, Joseph, that I, I found and perhaps not your male clients, but I I see a lot of men who are still wearing the same size they wore 20 years ago, even though it doesn't really fit them because they just buckle the belt under the belly. So that is, <laughs> that is something that, you know, when you talk about the idea of getting hung up on the fit or hung up on the size, you know, I, I think of that. And so it just makes me um, insane. But anyway, that's, that's another story. Um, so I, I want to, um, turn a little bit to the idea of um, sort of shopping in your closet. And I know that um, both Renee and Scarlett, um, and and we'll learn from you, Joseph, if you do this as well, uh, do help people save, save time and, you know, maybe save some money by creating outfits from clothes they already own. 
and then, you know, maybe adding things to them. So since I don't know your, your thoughts on this, Joseph, let me, can I throw that, throw this to you to start? Sure. Well, I do start there. Uh, okay. Do a color profile and a style profile with my clients. Then looking through what they own is the next logical step. I need mm-hmm. to see what they have that's good, that's really working for them, that suits their personality, that suits who they are today, as well as how they perceive that they will evolve into the future. Uh, I bring the future into the present when I create wardrobes for my clients. So I start in the closet, but you have to think if people didn't buy clothing for the last five years or more, and I have seen this, I'm sure, um, I'm sure we've all seen this as professionals, a lot of that stuff has got to go because you are not the same person today that you were five years ago. And by the way, that timeline in the time of the pandemic has accelerated. You are not the same person today that you were three years ago before all this Mishigas even began. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, your weight is up, your weight is down. Your lifestyle has changed. You're really trying to rethink everything. You're trying to figure out if you even like your job or Mm -hmm. what the heck else you want to do. Everything is topsy-turvy and is up for grabs. So whatever is hanging in your closet, unless it's really your signature look, which would be great to come, you know, to come to any of us with that as, as an establishment, even that is subject to change because every single thing about our lives is different than it was even three years ago. Absolutely. That's so right. That's so right. And, you know, and I think something else that, that is important is that people need to be okay with just as you grow and change and life changes and your lifestyle changes, your style also evolves and changes and we need to be okay with saying, okay, you know, that I loved it when I wore it 10, three years ago, it looked great on me, but now I'm a different person. I've changed. I no longer, that's no longer my vibe. That's no longer how I want to communicate who I am and be okay to bid it farewell and welcome what's new, what works for your body now, what works for your new job. Because if you're no longer wearing suits, every day, then there's no need having a, a huge selection of suits in your closet when you really, that's not, that's not your, like your lifestyle. You're where you're more business casual. So, so really when you look at your closet, it looks full, but really it's not, instead of having all of this space, you really only have this space, right? So we need to be okay with letting go, bidding adieu and, and welcoming what's new. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that you can have fewer clothes in your closet than you have right now, but you'll have more outfits if you if you go through it. Like my with my clients, when I show them what works for them now, then they are more than happy to move on from the stuff in the closet that doesn't flatter them anymore. When they can see the difference, that's very helpful. But also, there's a lot of things in people's closets they forgot they had, and some of it's really good, and some of it can be worn again. One of my big suggestions um, to um, to my clients is when you buy an outfit, don't hang the outfit up to get like in the closet. Hang the pieces separately so you can use them to create more outfits with. If you just do an outfit all the time, you're not getting all your bang for the money because you keep wearing it the same way. You know, use all the pieces and mix and match together. You can create so many more outfits with fewer clothes in your closet than you have now. 
That's a good point. When you have so much clothes, right? As you as you said, Scarlett, you forget what you have. You don't see it. If you don't see what you have, you for you forget that it's there. And then and you, you buy, buy it again. Right. And you, you keep buying. Right. And you keep buying. And then it's just mounting, mounting, mounting. And you, right. you don't wear, wear the things. Right. Well, I would say too, just to kind of close up on this, we're in my closet right now. This is not a, a backdrop. Oh, okay. And this is my real closet. And it's this is just one wall of my closet. And uh, I'm a collector. Some of the clients who I work with are also collectors like me. Many are also minimalists. They could be people who have smaller closets uh, in New York City apartments. They could also be some of my clients in Silicon Valley who, you know, really value having uh, less is more but better. And that is really my what my mantra is. And that said, uh, understanding, again, this goes back to personality, understanding whether somebody is a minimalist or a maximalist like me. Um, but I know how to work with people who are minimalists. I think that it is very helpful to understand who that person is because when we know you and we know what your interests are, we're able to help gear you towards how to build a collection or how to stay nice and tight. Yeah, I, I love that. So as my friend Sarah says, that's her pro that's her problem with the shop shop shopping. And we're getting tons of thumbs up here as I'm looking at the uh at the broadcast on, on my other monitor. And here, so Charlemagne says, loves your closet, Joseph. I love it too. It's just gorgeous. It's I thought it was a just your you know backdrop, but of course it's perfect for this. So um, you know, I, I wanna um ask you about something that I have uh found and heard about uh, personally. And this kind of struck me. Um, I was looking around and I found an article on um, this site uh, called Very Well Mind. And so here's what they say that kind of grabbed my attention. Dopamine dressing is predicted as the trend for 2022 and involves dressing with the intention of boosting your mood. And um, the article was talking about, you know, the idea of color. I mean, we all know different colors are perceived by others as, you know, certain things. My clients all like, you know, blue on the the work that I do for them because trust and all that. Um, but I, it also was talking about the idea that um, what you think about the color yourself is also, you know, also affects your mood. And I just want to to finish this off, but the... Um, there was a psychology professor uh, that was commenting and she was talking that the prevalence of Zoom and virtual meetings or social events in our daily lives has really changed how we see ourselves. And I will tell you, I was at my dentist earlier this year and he told me that his cosmetic dentistry business has just gone way up as people are seeing themselves on Zoom all the time or, you know, virtual meetings and they don't like it. So, Scarlett, you look like you're ready to jump on and speak. So, please go right ahead. I'm sitting on my hands. <laughs> when this whole dopamine dressing thing came out, I did a video and like a blog on it. You know, it's like, you know, dressing to make yourself happy. That should have been our goal all along. I don't think that should be a trend that we need to be told that we should always have been dressing to make ourselves feel good. And when it comes to color, if you love a color, wear it. But if you 
you should be mindful of what color does to you also. So any color near your face, you want to make sure that it's not casting a shadow, making you look gray, yellow, you know, all the things that somebody's going to say, are you okay? You're right. Are you sick? Are you tired? (laughs) You need to lay down. You know, so you have to be a little mindful of that. But, but honestly, when we put something on, if it doesn't, if it doesn't make you feel good, then you don't, don't wear it. You know, if you don't want to bump into anybody, don't wear it. You know, just everything you put on, everything in your closet should make you feel good. And if it doesn't, get it out. (laughs) Okay, Joseph, you're nodding. What's your, what are your thoughts? Well, my feeling is that whether it's uh, a color or another detail um, around the type of clothing that you want to wear, like a peak lapel on a jacket versus a notch lapel or, or other, other features, having buttons exposed or having buttons hidden. I'm just trying to use some opposites to give some quick examples. Mm-hmm. When you, when you make these choices, um, it should be done that you should make these choices, not accidentally, not subconsciously. I'm inviting you to think about this as to do this with intention, to do this with your consciousness. Um, That dressing with intention is not only about dressing to be happy. Um, Dressing to be happy might mean, okay, I'm happy, but how effective were you today? You know, who were you meeting with today where, how you dressed and how you showed up and how you served somebody really impacts or does not impact the bottom line. I think if you really want to be happy at the end of the day, which I think is where we all want to wind up happy at the end of the day, how you perform during the day is what will really make you happy at the end of the day. If you spend all your money trying to dress to be happy, good luck, because that only means that that's as far as your thinking is going. What you really want to be thinking about is how am I going to show up to be the best of myself and to bring that forth and to give that to the people who are around me, who need me, who I can inspire with my kind of presence. And then we all feel good and we're all accomplishing things and we're all winning. And when we have that, we have victory. Yeah. Anytime you, anytime you dress to, to make somebody make yourself feel good, you're right. It has to also have a, you know, a result for you. And if that means that when you're speaking, your people are looking at you and listening to you and not looking and not worrying about you fussing around with your clothing or that you are just looking like the expert you are. Yes. The end result is you're going to be a lot happier. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're getting tons of thumbs up over here from people. They're like, yes, yes, yes. They all are so excited to hear this. And, and I think this is interesting. Char, Charmaine says, uh, dopamine dressing. I believe people are looking forward to the boost now that we can get out more since the pandemic. So what are your all thoughts on, on that? Um, why don't you kick us off on that, Renee? Uh, yeah, I think people are excited to get out. And I, I think the whole dopamine dressing thing came up when, you know, we were all, we were, at home, people sloppily, sweats, blacks, grays, just kind of puttering around. And so the whole thing of saying, hey, when you look good, you feel good. You can change your mood. You can change what you're wearing. You can wear some color. You know, all of that energy um, is really what I am seeing dopamine dressing as. Um, and yeah, I, I people are excited to get out. And I people want to show up and want to, to be different from 
you know, I, I really believe there's a BC and an AC, right? Before COVID and after. And people really are, are feeling, you know, they, they, just want to, they want something different. They want to feel, uh, I guess, maybe alive. I don't know if that's the right thing, but they want to mm-hmm. feel like, mm-hmm. you know, feel alive again and, and to live, live out loud. Yeah. So yeah. Participate in life again. People, are, people yeah. are accepting invitations to weddings much more than they used to. So if you're planning a wedding, don't think that the usual 20% are going to not show up. They're showing up. Uh, oh, I agree with you. I was just at a conference in New Orleans last week. And, you know, I when you're talking about getting back out, I remember the first time I went and got my hair cut, you know, by the stylist to have my hair cut. And as I was driving home, I felt like a whole new person, you know, because I had been obviously like many people cutting my own hair, you know, for for months and months and months. So, um, you know, I am so happy and the time has just flown right by. So we've talked about, um, you know, several different topics, but I always like to ask at the end for some final thoughts. And um, I'd like to start with with Scarlett and we'll work back up around to Renee. And if you can just share if there's something that, you know, maybe I didn't ask you that I should have that you would like to share you think is important. Um, if you can just, you know, share that now, that'd be great. Well, you know, one of my best tips to give women is if they look in their closet and they say they have nothing to wear, they need to stop going back to the same store. They've been buying the clothes that already are in their closet because going back to the source that, that all your stuff that you don't like, but you keep going back to the same store, you got it because you're so happy that it fit, let's say, or you could find something or it was not that expensive it's just going to get you more stuff, but it's not going to get you more outfits. It's not going to, it's not going to have the end result of making you feel good and making the right impression um, for whatever you're doing, whether it's social or business. So I always suggest that women, uh, and I work primarily with women, shop at a different store and try different sizes and try different designers. It's worth experimenting when you go in the dressing room or you bought, you try it on at home. If it fits, great. And if it doesn't, just have a good laugh, pack it up, done. Okay. And and your thoughts, Joseph? I think a lot of people are very focused on two major things when it comes to clothing, and that is fit and comfort. Now, I have to say that that's what a tailor is for if something doesn't fit ideally. If it doesn't fit up here in your brain, it doesn't matter how great it fits your body. If it's sitting in your closet, idle and you won't wear it, it's not because it didn't fit your body. It's because it didn't fit your mind. That's your personality. And when it comes to comfort, if you want to think about comfort, I can promise you that when you think first about what is appropriate, you will always be comfortable in the appropriate moment. Okay. And and your thoughts, Renee? So, you know, my thought is around comfort as well. I think that really should be one of the first things that we think about is and comfort and fit, comfortable in the style, comfortable in your own skin. Because remember, how we show up, the clothing that we wear, how this is our biggest communication tool, right? People judge us first impression. They judge us without before you even open your mouth, people have mm-hmm. already made decisions about you. And you control the narrative. Right. You you determine the message and the story that you want to tell about yourself and your stuff, because remember, you may not even get that second chance. So comfort and just remember the power of your style. It is a tool that when we leverage and when we, we understand how to use it well, it expands what we're available for. 
Well, I, I thank you. I thank you all so much. So now people are watching this now. There are people who will be watching it in the replay and listening to this on my podcast. So um, if people want to reach out to you, uh, Renee, can, were you happy to connect with them on LinkedIn? Is there a, yeah, is that the, what's the best way to yeah. get in touch with you? LinkedIn and my website is letsgetdressnow.com. Renee Lindo on LinkedIn. Okay, cool. And, and you, Joseph? Yes, I'm findable on LinkedIn as myself, Joseph Rosenfeld, and my website is my name, josephrosenfeld.com. And thanks okay. for having me in that. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for being here. And and uh, how can people get in touch with you, Scarlett? Where can they I find definitely, you? Definitely find me on LinkedIn, Scarlett with two T's. Um, just find me. My last name is Debeast. I'm not going to even go there. And my, uh, my website is Scarlett with two T's image.com. Well, you know, this has been such a treat for me. I've learned so much. And I know from the responses I'm getting that, you know, you're not seeing, but I'm looking at them. Um, This has been great for uh, everyone who's here. And I know several people who are going to be watching this on the replay because they are sleeping right now. So thanks again to everyone who's watching this now on the replay. um, And uh, have a great rest of your evening. So good night now. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Trend Talk Show. If you enjoyed our broadcast, please subscribe.